You're listening to the Sex, Lies and Improvisation podcast. Each episode, we share an unedited recording of one of our live shows. Then we discuss what the hell happened on stage from an improviser's point of view. This show is completely improvised. That means the characters, the dialogue, the plot are all being created in the moment, inspired by this secret that I have another family. Can I just clarify it's had? Had another family. Yeah, had another I feel family. like that matters. Ooh, yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Yeah, okay. I mean, in real life it would. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly for our show, it probably will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. Um, you just said the thing about being improvised, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, so now I say the thing about this bit. Yes, in real life, we're in happy relationships. You don't need to worry. We're <laughs> <the> people. <laughs> this is Sex, Lies and Improvisation. Yeah, and um, Barcelona is just beautiful. You yeah? Know? Yeah, like the, the, the architecture is so good. Of course, the weather's gorgeous. Mm. But like the way that the way the city is designed as well, like, you know, it's, it's all built around people like meeting outdoors and like outdoor dining culture and like the night goes on into the, into the like late evening and people are still out on the streets, you know, drinking and socializing. And they're not like, all pissed up like we get over here. You know, it's just so gorgeous. Oh my yeah. God. I really miss it. Oh wow, mm. I can't believe you lived out there. How mm. amazing. Yeah. I haven't even visited, I'd love to go. Yeah, well, um I don't I don't get back that much. No? Um yeah, it's just well I mean travel's expensive, isn't it? But um but yeah, I just um you know once my job over there ended I just didn't want to didn't want to go back like it felt like it felt like I reached a, an end to that time in my life right you know did you not leave anyone behind friends I mean friends sure yeah um no okay mm. yeah no no mostly mostly just me mostly just me leaving were um, you lonely then if you don't miss anybody well I kind of feel like, you know, people come into our lives and, 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 you know, they're there for a time. And then, you know, it's very rare that someone transcends that, that, that challenge of like distance and time. And like, you'll need your lives to kind of sync up to, to really be, you know, connected with someone. And it's really rare that someone crosses that bridge. But when you find it, you know, it can be amazing. really enjoyed getting to know you. Yeah, me too. I was wondering, um, it's stupid, it's stupid, it's stupid. No, go on. No, go on. no I, just, I just feel like we've known each other for so much longer than Doesn't it feel like last, that? You know, yeah. for months. Yeah. Mm. And, uh. Well, you're just so easy to talk to, you know. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like I could tell you anything. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Mm. I feel like, like I could tell you absolutely anything about mm. myself, mm. and you just accept it as me. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same. It might be too early to, to to say this, you know. I, but I'm not one for like, I'm not one for tradition, you know. I think I'm, I think I'm falling in love with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Luisa and I were like just so, so passionate. You know, like the moment we met, it was just like raw, magnetic attraction. And for the years that we knew each other, I said years, it must have been like 18 months. It can't have been that long. Like just every time we saw each other, it didn't matter if we were fighting or if we were doing anything else. <laughs> It was just like, there was so much passion, like everything else in the world just kind of vanished out of view. And then I told her, you know, she always knew that I was gonna be leaving, you know, that I wasn't gonna be staying in Spain forever. Like we knew that was gonna be the way it was. And we talked about it and, you know, she works in fashion and she was just like really invested in, in the place and her granddad lived there and she was so connected to him. And I like, you know, I loved being in Spain, but I never stopped feeling like a tourist. And so we always knew it was going to end. And then she told me, you know, like, like three weeks before I was going to go, she said, you know, I think I'm pregnant. And I said, you think you're pregnant or you are pregnant? And she said, I just know. And I was like, well, you can't just know, can you? Like, do you know you're pregnant? Are you pregnant or are you not pregnant? Come on. And she said will you stay? And I said, come with me, you know, like I, but she wouldn't, she wouldn't go and get a test. She just wanted me to, but she was so frustrating. She just wanted me to believe enough just to trust her that it was true. So I don't know, you know, but I couldn't stay and she wouldn't come with me. I'm easy. I'm easy. Yeah, should we just yeah. go with the whites? Yeah. Got it. Okay. It smells really good. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Mm. This is my uh, my speciality, actually. Really? Yeah. I used is... to love paella. Oh, it's just not going to be as good as what you got in Barcelona. Oh, no, I'm sure it will be. Special. I'm sure it, I'm sure it'll be great. It smells really good. Yeah? Yeah. Oh God, I'm feeling under pressure now. I can't believe I cooked it for you. I should have known the guy hey. who used to live in Spain. No, let's I should have made you like No, trust me, like curry. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind a curry. I can't cook curry. All right, well, I mean, I can cook a curry, you know. Oh, <laughs> oh, now it all comes out. I'm just, no, the thing about, the thing about Spanish cuisine is like, you know they talk about peasant food. Right. And over here, you'd think that would be an insult, but over there it's just like, it doesn't matter what the ingredients are, it's just about the care you put into it. A peasant's more careful. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if peasants are more careful. <laughs> it feels bad using the word peasant in any other context. <laughs> I don't think I know any peasants. Yeah, well, I mean, I met some people who I guess would be classed as peasants while I was there. What? Did you go to Barcelona or the 18th century? <laughs> no, I mean, like, I travelled around Spain, you know, for work. Oh. You know, I mean, because it was 
banking stuff. Like you end up going around to all of the regional like branches and having meetings in different places and you and know. meeting the peasants. Got it. <laughs> well, like you go to a little thank you. Go to a little town and then you um, you know you, you go to the bank and you have a meeting with the branch manager and then. You know, you go out for dinner at the local restaurant and not everyone has a Jamie's Italian. <laughs> Dear God! <laughs> not everyone has a Jamie's Italian? Exactly. Sometimes it's just someone's grandma who cooks. Bloody hell, they're so cool in Spain, aren't they? Mm. God, did you not want to stay out there? <sighs> Thank you. Um, I just... Mm. 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 Oh yeah, that's so good. Peasanty enough for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <coughs> oh, I can taste the, the 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 calluses on your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just um, it was always it was always temporary, you know. Like I think if I let myself try and stay if i'd let myself like get more attached then it would have been really hard to leave and i knew that like i knew my my life was always going to be back here one day so you're completely committed to the uk then well i mean i mean you never know do you you never know what life's going to throw up but i you know i i have family here i have mm-hmm work here mm. you know how long is it since you left three years yeah okay yeah so you know i was only there for 18 months oh i see right nice to visit though yeah catch, no. catch up with your friends yeah yeah uh I don't know if any of them are even still there, you know. And it's like, you know, you know how like when you're at school, all of your friends are just, you know, it's not like they're, they're people who you'd really be friends with if you were just left to your own devices. But like you're in a, you're in a room for, for eight hours a day, nine hours a day, and you just gravitate to the people who are like most like you to kind of get you through. Sure. Yeah, it was like that with my colleagues, like, Everyone there was like finance bros and, and you know, they were in and out. <laughs> what? Finance bros? I mean, I, I'm not calling myself a finance bro. I mean, they were all like, you know, they were all like, oh yeah, there's this really great like strip club. Oh, and there's, you know, they all have like a cocaine dealer on oh, speed dial. Bros. Yeah, I and so there were guys. You Saw them as your bros. Oh my god. Well, no, no. Got crashing waves of relief. Don't want to go out with a guy who refers to himself as a finance bro. Yeah, I mean, I have friends, but. But, you know, you have to, don't you? Did you go to lots of strip clubs? I did go to a few strip clubs, yeah. That. Well, I mean, we didn't even know each other, so it's nothing to do with me what you got up to. Well, I don't go to strip clubs anymore. Well, you've had your fill, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how strip clubs work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not proud of it. 
you know, that was the way. Yeah? Did you it's, like it? I, there's something, there is something sexy about someone performing for you, you know? I guess that's why they're successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so hard being a woman, though, because you can't win. If you take the, they're not okay, man, stance, then men don't like you anymore. And if you go, yeah, that's fine. Go and have a wank in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't much like that either. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not defending it. I'm not saying it's, it's good. So we're the same then, aren't we? Because we're both like taking like this middle beige ground to not upset anybody over here <laughs> and not be honest about the fact we really secretly like it over here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like eating meat, isn't it? Like everyone knows cows are really like loving and caring and like nice. Strippers. and <laughs> like strippers. <laughs> we get on, we have fun, it's so nice. I just feel there's something slightly um, straight up about him. So he works in finance, so he had this like interesting part of his life where he moved to Barcelona, then he just came back. Bit boring, isn't it? Like, if you get that close to living in Barcelona and then you just come back here, kind of, I don't know. Maybe he's, maybe he's ready to settle down and and start life in the UK. You know, put down roots and all of that stuff. I hope so. Okay. Have you got any room for all my books? Um. So I love my books. Don't tell me to go Kindle. Okay. Okay. What? Well, how many books? Is well, it this box or is it like more boxes? There are more, but they're like my parents' attic. Right. Okay. So these are like my favourite best friend books. These are the ones Best that have been books. there for me. Yeah. Okay. The okay. ones that went things, you know, really. Yeah, they can. I'm, I'm sure we've got. Go badly or go well. Yeah. They, they text me to see how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can find space on the shelf. Yeah. Well, I'll make room. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I'm moving in with you and I'm just kind of like encroaching like on your space. <laughs> Like an invasive weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, like climb up my drain pipes. <laughs> You'd love it if I climb up your drain pipes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll move some. I've got, I've got shit tons of DVDs on a shelf that I never. DVDs? Want. I know. It is the 17th century. <laughs> I'll, I'll move some stuff. I'll move okay. some stuff. I'll okay. do it Yeah. Fine. Yeah, okay. Jane, 
This is where we're going to be living now. I'm really glad you're here with me. And I'm going to get you out properly and put you on a shelf soon. Mm -hmm. Promise. And um, I'm doing a really cute thing. Can you <laughs> attention, please. Sorry. Just explaining to Jane that she's in the box for now, but that's temporary. And right. that I live here now right. with you. Right. She loves a happy ending. I was just letting her know that, you know, I've got a finance bro like Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy, a finance bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've not read the book. Oh my God, Jane, I'm so sorry. What have I done? I've moved in with the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm starting to think that as well. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shut up. No, he wasn't a finance bro. He was just a land baron. <laughs> that's what all finance bros want to be, isn't it? Right? Yeah, get into property. Smart all man. money, no work. Yeah, perfect. That's so, the dream. I'm in this property, mm -hmm. feeling a little bit like a guest. Okay, do you want to spread your pants all over the place? Is that like a sex thing? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like every six months, she'll just text me. She'll just send me a, like a, a message. And she doesn't put pictures in. Like, I don't respond. I don't respond. Because I don't want to engage with it, you know? It's just like weird psychological warfare. But she'll send me a text. He's called Peter. Apparently. I don't really know what to do with that, you know. Like I, I, I just don't text back. Like because it's she's never saying like, hey, like here's a picture, here's proof. I asked her like before I left. I said so many times like, just go and get a test, you know, prove it to me. Like show me the scan. Like if there's a like, I need to make a decision, and she just wouldn't let me. She was like, you know, if you're gonna stay, you're gonna stay. And if you're not going to stay, you're not going to stay. So why the fuck is she texting me? And I just delete it. Like I'm... It's bullshit, right? Like it's bullshit to hold that over someone. Um, 
monetary now to respond to this, you're being quite sort of... Well, I mean, it might, it might be nothing, you know. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Are you... Yeah, let's, let's find out. Let's find out. That's all we need to do. What? Do you... Don't you think we should talk about... It? The... Well, what's, what's there what's what's to talk about? Okay, well... I mean, well, let's find out first. That's what I'm saying. Because if, if it's nothing, then we're stressing ourselves out for nothing. So it's a stress... Yes. Okay. I just don't like the uncertainty, you know? That's, no. Yeah. Like, are you, what, are you, like, late? Are you, or are you just, did you just kind of forget and then go, oh, shit, I forgot? Um, yeah, so yeah. you, um, I don't, it's so gross, but you, um. Yeah, you don't have to give me all the, all the all right. bloody details. Okay, yeah, well, there are bloody details. <laughs> all right. Okay, and okay. they happen regardless. But when you realise that you, uh, then you, uh, and, mm. Mm. do I have to wait on a stick in front of you now? You don't have to do it in front of me. <laughs> I mean, if you want me to hold your hand through the door, I don't mind doing that. But I'd rather not see you pee. <laughs> I don't think we're at that stage yet. <laughs> My parents used to wee in front of each other, man. It's so weird. And in front of you, apparently. <laughs> no, but I just, I know. <laughs> well, no, my, my dad would leave the door open and my mum would go in and brush her teeth in their ensuite bedroom. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I just thought, like, God, that's the point where you know you, you, you just might as well be dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have to wait on the stick in front of me, but let's find out. shocked. <laughs> I feel kind of shocked. You look kind of shocked. 
don't really know. I don't really know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, sorry, was I meant to put it in a memory box or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to... No, I was going to say take a photo of it for some reason, but <laughs> no, 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 let's not. Really? I, I feel no, like let's, no, we let's, let's, no, 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 let's, let's, because, it's weird. Isn't no, it? come on. Uh, no, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Oh God. I, I think it's. Um, I think we should take a photo of it in one set of circumstances and not Let's leave it another. on the counter for now. Okay, should we put it on, on like a saucer or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tick, tick, boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, okay. Um, okay, yeah. Um, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like tea, really it's want a good tea. idea, yeah, I tea. yeah, yeah, great idea, yeah, oh thanks, oh god you're reading my mind, I really want a tea, and I didn't even know I wanted a tea, but you read it in my mind, yeah, and I didn't know myself, okay, yeah, okay. I'm making tea, great, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love you. I love living with you. And, and, and you're amazing. But are, are we, are we, I, I, I don't feel like we're, you know, just individually, either of us, like, ready. Mary Shelley. Frankenstein, don't do it! <laughs> what? Because <laughs> if you create something, then it gets bigger than you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> right, yeah. 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 Sorry, I don't really get it. <laughs> like, I mean, I've heard of Frankenstein, and you know, obviously, I, everyone knows what Frankenstein is. You know. No, 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 no! It's not that. No! Oh my God! It's so annoying. It's not that at all. Okay, okay, it's not it's that. It's about a doctor taking the power of creating life and not realizing what he's done. And it was written by a woman with good reason. 
Right. Because what you're saying to me, correct me if I'm wrong here, is go and kill it. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't think of it as 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 an. It's an it. You know, it's not even an it. It's like a, it's like a, like a glob. <laughs> you know, it's not a a a a a, a thing yet. It's not a person. Right. Can't argue with that. We'll just take the, the, the beige route of, of not committing. What do you mean the beige route? Well... I... I look, I, I mean... Look, what... I'm not saying, you know... I'm, I'm saying I don't think it is... A, a thing yet, like, it's not a thing yet, is it? And we decide whether it becomes a thing now. Yeah, okay. I'll have a little break, please. I just, I, I, I froze up, I couldn't. You know, like, I, I can't... It's not a thing, yeah. It's not a thing. It's, it's like... It's like, you know, it's... You, you wash yourself in the shower and you lose more cells than, than what it is. And it feels like this huge thing because it's, it's, you know, but we're at a point where it's like, oh, you forgot to take a pill, take a different pill, <laughs> right? It's just going to be like a week and it's going to be just business, you know. Yeah, um, I'm, I know it's come at a bad time. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I would not go if I could, but, but, but I'm, I've got to go. Okay. I mean, it's not like I, you know, can have that kind of hold on you, is it? I mean, I'm coming back. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I just don't want you to feel like... Um, just don't feel bad. It's okay. Okay, okay. All right. Well, bring you back a... Wicked donkey? A peasant! I want a peasant! <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you back a gowny fridge magnet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fridge magnets are so classy. Mm. 
I'll bring you back some really nice, really nice Spanish wine. Wow. And the great thing actually okay. about living in Spain for that time is like, you know when you go on holiday and you try some wine and you taste it and you're like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. And then you bring it home and it tastes like shit. Mm. Yeah, you learn which wines don't taste like shit when you bring them home. <laughs> so I'll bring you some nice wine back and some lovely like, I know Spain's not famous for chocolates, but I'll bring you some nice chocolates and I'll find something nice. Okay? Okay. How to win a girl's heart. Wine and chocolates. She's over the moon with her fabulous happy life. Is he just fucks off whenever, leaving a trail of devastation in his wake. And she has to live in the flat because she moved in with him and it's his. So what does she spend the week doing? Facebook stalking him. Instagram stalking him. Finding his ex-girlfriend! And her adorable child. What the fuck are you about? So what? I dated someone in Spain and now she has a baby. That happens. Well, it's not a baby. It's a toddler. Okay. How should I know? <coughs> we dated for like, what? Eight or nine? I, I, I wouldn't even call it dating. No, right, okay. What would you call it? We hooked up a bunch of times. I don't know anything about her kid. What do you mean, she thinks I do? I messaged her. You messaged her? Yep. It's creepy and weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really creepy and yeah. weird. Well, I'm getting quite good at creepy and weird because there's something about you that never quite rang true. Right. She says it's yours. Yeah, well, there's a reason I left Spain. And oh my because, god! And what a great guy! And it's because she's a fucking psychopath! It's because I had to get a fucking restraining order out on her, and I don't talk about it, because why the fuck would I want to tell anyone about that, that I've got a psycho ex-girlfriend who insists that her baby, which she got from somewhere, is mine? She's a psychopath. She's fucking mental. Like, look, cards on the table, cards on the table, yeah, I was pretty fucked up in Spain, all right? Yeah, I was going and doing lines of coke every night. Yeah, you know, we'd have lunch meetings where we'd drink like a bottle and a half of wine per person and then just stumble back to the office and just dick about all day doing nothing. And we'd go to a strip club every night because that was my job and that was my life. And I met her at a strip club and we hooked up a bunch of times because my life was a fucking mess. And that's what Spain was to me. That's what Barcelona was. 
And I ate shit tons of paella because there was a street food seller who just served paella all day, every day. And I just needed to load up on carbs because otherwise I'd throw up on the way to work. And she was crazy and unstable and she worked in a strip club and we hooked up a bunch of times and she also hooked up with a bunch of other people and like several of them got STDs, which I did not get, thank God. And then she messaged me out of the blue like six months after I'd, after I'd like gone saying, oh, I've got a baby and it's yours. And I was like, how the fuck is that even possible? Because the timelines didn't match up. None of it matched up. Like I was already like, you know, having to call the police because she'd send like her bouncer boyfriend. Yeah, she had another boyfriend around from the strip club to like, you know, threaten me and shit. And I didn't tell you about that. And, that, and, and I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that... I'm sorry that I, 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 I'm so sorry that I, that I made you, that I made you do that. You know, I was so, I was so petrified of, of her and, and, and of this thing, like coming back to haunt me and just the idea of it just freaked me the fuck out. And I'm so sorry because I, I, I want that. I want that with you. You know, I don't want. I want everything. I want the life. I want the. I want the house. I want. I want a family. Well, why the fuck didn't you want it when we had it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I. I... No, fuck you, Alex. You don't get to turn around and tell me now after you've sent me back shit. Behaving totally out I'm of sorry. character I'm sorry. that you've got this crazy ass past that you very carefully and deliberately concealed from me, and then when I finally winkle it out of you by breaking my own moral code, you tell me you want the baby I flushed down the toilet. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't say anything else because there's nothing else that, like, I can't make it up to you. I know that. What did you expect me to say just then? Did you expect I didn't expect you to, to say anything. No, well, I just wanted to be honest with you. At last? Yes, at last. What, would you, what would you do? What would you do? Would I stay? Imagine, imagine you had an ex-boyfriend who was in prison because he tried to beat the shit out of you or something. And he just got out of prison and he was texting you and you were going on a date with somebody else and it was going really well and you were like, Jesus Christ, this is a time in my life I just really want to forget. Would you tell me all of that? When? Date no, three, date six? Of course I would tell you. Because if somebody is beating me to a pulp, I haven't done anything wrong. Whereas you are complicit in this situation, aren't you? Because you went to the strip clubs and you fucking loved it and you took the stripper home and you banged her. I hope you paid her. Because that would have been what she was doing it for. 
I'm not proud. Clearly. But you're also not who you presented as. Well, here it is, you know. And I'm sorry. And I'm not, I'm not that guy anymore. And, and there is, there is no way that is my baby. You know, I offered to do a DNA test to prove it. And she just wouldn't, wouldn't go anywhere near that. Okay, well then I guess you're not, you know, you don't, you don't have a baby in Spain. And you don't have a baby here either. Packed up and I left that night. Absolutely not. This guy leaves a trail of devastation in his wake. And who is paying the price? The women who's left behind. He put me through something that I'm still not okay with and then just said sorry and wanted everything to be fine. No way. Absolutely over between us. super dark that was a very dark show that was quite a hard listen yeah it was it was i was aware listening to it that i knew what was coming up and it's remarkable how much we get past the point where it's super super heavy topics and we're still cracking wise and making jokes and getting laughs out of it yeah that's fascinating isn't it mm. There's this distinction, you know, between comedy and drama in so many areas, and I mm. find it such a false distinction. Mm. Um, but it's something we also leverage to get permission to continue talking about very dark topics by us as performers being playful and still making jokes as the characters, even though they're like tinged with this emotional rawness of stuff that's going on that they're covering up by being witty. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think when you see very uh, straight, very dark theatre, like Shakespeare, I have heard of other playwrights, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find it a bit, ooh, a bit much, a bit mm. not great. Like, I, yeah. I think modern audiences need that dose. Yeah, you need a bit of levity. Yeah. yeah. Makes it better, makes it darker, stronger, tastier. Yeah. Richer, <laughs> yes, yeah, like a like a peasant's paella. <laughs> oh, can I start by complimenting you on your pronunciation of paella, thank because you. it is very close to a correct Spanish pronunciation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but most British people would say paella, mm -hmm. which is not great. Yeah. So that was just added a beautiful dash of authenticity, which I enjoyed. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I we we got to experience literally everything I know about Spain. <laughs> Well, I actually know, as established in a previous episode, a certain amount about Barcelona. Yeah. And 
That's how good and natural I was, guys, that I managed to say, I don't know anything about it, I've never been there. You tell me. Because yeah. then that elevated your yeah. power and level of knowledge in that relationship. Yeah. And it's a little bit of fun that we get to have, where I get to say things about Barcelona, and however true they are... <laughs> I have to say yes. Wow, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when did, when did you know how it was going to end? Um, like... God, probably the first words out of your mouth, virtually. Yeah. Yeah, scene one, boom, this guy's a dick. I mean, in fairness, it's a very dick get. I had, I secretly, I had another family. Yeah. It's um, not the fact of having it, it's the fact of not telling her. Yeah. It's very hard for that to be anything other than pretty bad behaviour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I... I really like it when you play a massive bellend. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It doesn't happen super Not often. Not lately. So, you used to, longer ago. Well, so this is something that's interesting. As, you, as you've been listening to this, this podcast, and I assume you've listened to every single episode. <laughs> every minute. Um, you will probably have noticed that Rachel is the liar yeah. throughout. This was the only one of our Edinburgh shows where I was the, the deceiver. Stop it. Every time it was me. Yeah. Greedy. I know. And so whenever we can, we do a cheer off. Yeah. So this is, obviously if it's like biologically <laughs> it has to be me, then it's just me. Mm. But we do a cheer off to see who gets to do it. And so there, there is something fascinating about that, that people are picking me. Yeah. And then not for this one. Not for this one. Um, so I, I got to be a massive bell and boy, boy <laughs> did I lean into that. <laughs> Were you? Yeah, you were. <laughs> yes, yes, I was. So I assume you had the same experience of when did you know it would end badly? I I was pretty sure he was going to continue to be a massive bell end to her. Mm. Um, yes, but this like the it, it it took me I think a little while to work out what kind of massive bell end he was. <laughs> right. Um, in finance the, bro wasn't enough. Finance bro wasn't enough. Um, no, it was the it was it was in my first soliloquy where I was like, okay, this guy's really, really in denial about mm. how much of a dick he was. He was just happy to write off all the spend because I was I was I think aware of all of the stuff that came out at the end of him being, you know, a coked up dickhead, um, and you know, going out just partying and drinking and shagging and going to strip clubs quite early on but I was like he thinks of himself as that is that's just a totally different person because I moved away from Spain and now I'm not that person anymore um without ever facing up to having been that person yeah exactly um and then ultimately using that as a as a kind of well look now I'm confessing of all this other terrible stuff yeah. so ignore that thing I think in the first scene, because mm. we're playing with the irony and you mm. are lying to me, uh, his attraction, no, <laughs> the way he liked her yeah. felt so inauthentic straight mm. away. Like, I really feel it when you're playing an Alex who really likes the Rachel. Mm. And it really did feel inauthentic. Yeah. I don't know really why he was bothering yeah, I think at that point I was. Th th this is it's, it's a good point. Like at that point, I was really just playing. He's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I think is legitimate. Yeah, um, and it got to 
I think the second scene really embedded why they why they liked each other because they had that really really great chemistry yeah. with each other. And normally we get the most laughs in the first scene, but mm. we got great laughs in the second scene and I think that's really where we found the nature of their dynamic. Yeah. And their relationship and why yeah. they were bothering. Yeah. But at the same time, like I think I knew pretty early on that it wasn't going to end brilliantly. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. I mean, if he's got a secret family, had a secret family <laughs> in the past, that's very hard to recover from that discovery. So how did you know who he was? Um, I so, so in that first soliloquy, I was, you know, telling the story of his relationship with Luisa. <laughs> um, that was less good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, with the with the distance of time from from Barcelona. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I I I knew that he was a bell end, but I think what really nailed it down for me, like, um, often there'll be like a particular like bit of dialogue or something that that sort of encapsulates a character's spirit, and you're like, yeah, that that phrase is just that's their like. That says everything that needs to be said about them. And it was you saying, well, you've just taken the beige route, haven't oh, you? Yeah. He was so fucking, like, morally beige. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, everything was just a kind of like, well, I don't have to worry about that, so why would I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that ties into how I knew who Rachel was. Because yeah. she wanted to express herself. Mm express her feelings and he never gave her space to do that yeah. and he only gave her positive attention when she was casual and quippy and witty and yeah. funny and he gave her no space for authenticity and sincerity yeah. and so she felt very like boxed in to play mm. um, like corralled almost into this witty, quippy, inauthentic self yeah, he made her perform for him yeah Yes, uh, but then when she tried to perform in her own way, like with her Jane Austen book shtick... He wasn't into it. She he had was to like... literally request his attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whenever it was anything that was an expression of who she actually was, he was like, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not engaging with this. And it wasn't, I don't get it because I don't understand something. It was, I don't get it and you haven't communicated it successfully and it's your failing. Yeah, it was... The, the, the implicit instruction was, do better. Yeah. Do, do different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean that, and that that well that that same behaviour was really like rep writ large. I think in the the well, I'm I'm I I forgot to take the pill conversation, where his response, you know, absolutely left no space for her to have an emotional reaction about it. Yeah. You know, we talk about turning points in the show. That was really the point where she went, okay, shit, this is a real challenge that we're facing together as a couple. Here is the situation. And instead of going, oh, my God. Oh, how do you feel about that? Well, let's, let's do a test. It's nothing yet, is it? It might never be anything. Yeah. And therefore, how could you have a feeling about it? Oh, God. I felt for her because I felt like she was sparky and charismatic and she had mm. um she, she was no doormat no 
I no, have played just... very low status Rachel's to very high status Bella and Alex's in the mm-hmm. past. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, she, ha- she really had some some spunk. Mm. Yeah. No, she she did. She, um, it fe- it felt like she'd kind of been led down the garden path by this guy and ended up moving into with him. You know, I think we said they've been together for... The know, very beginning, she said, a couple of months. A couple of months, yeah. It's lovely and vague, isn't it? Yeah. Good improvising. <laughs> <laughs> it's just enough for you to get mm. get it, isn't it? Yeah, but that was that was kind of set in, in motion by like, well, now I'm telling you more stuff about my time in Barcelona. So we must be at some point in a relationship where we're, you know, just discussing our, our lives. And from an improv point of view, something I liked was that we just jumped to the day when she was moving in with boxes of books. Mm. We didn't go through the rigmarole of, can I move in? Oh my gosh, are we going to move in together? Mm. Um, it doesn't always need that, and it, and it buys you time hops. Yes, absolutely. Which we... then buys your relationship more depth and significance when it started off at an earlier stage. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. You know, we, more often than not, I think, try and start at... Start at the point where where it's just about to become a problem, yeah. and there and we need there to be stakes in the relationship. Yeah. You know, if we just carried on from oh, well, we've been going out for a couple of months and we like each other, um, but you know, they were at they were at the stage of well, I was going to say they were at a stage of I love you, but they weren't. They were at the stage <laughs> of I think I'm falling in love with oh, you. Oh God, I was sick a little bit in my mouth when you said <laughs> I think I'm falling in love with you. Because it's so performative mm. and dressed up to sound like movie speak. Yes. But what a cop yeah. out. There's I think two degrees I'm of falling. Of, <laughs> two degrees of, of like caveat. Yeah. And he did actually tell her he loved her way later mm. after he'd been a massive dick to her. Mm. And that also felt like a a weapon in his hands. Mm. I'm saying the words you want to hear, so You've got no leg to stand on. Yeah. What were what were some turning points for you? Uh, I was just about to say great question, but we ask it every podcast, so <laughs> I should have foreseen it. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, the reaction to I might be pregnant. So if I'm going to be pregnant. <laughs> mm. I tend to just be pregnant Mm. and it's quite unusual to go for, I don't know, I might be, Mm. but I felt like that was a good choice for them. Yeah, it's mirroring the situation that he's established of this uncertainty in his his past relationship. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Keeping it beige, Mm. keeping it in the middle. Yeah. Um, And yeah, his response to that, so bad. Kind of chilling. Really chilling, yeah. Yeah. There was, um, there was a, when I was talking about the finance bros, the first time that that was introduced, I I had these flashes of American psycho, you know, Patrick Bateman, (laughs) not from him, but like, you know, he was kind of describing that. And I think he wasn't that degree of sociopathic. I don't think he was, he was that kind of person, but I think he was comfortable enough in that world, he was certainly a very callous human being. 
um, and that came through, you know, obviously in that moment. Um, but he was much more willing to put himself in a, in like his view of himself was as this victim of this crazy circumstance. You yeah, know, he saw the whole relationship that he'd had in Barcelona, all of his lifestyle in Barcelona was just a thing that had happened to him rather than something that he'd done and something that, uh, you know, oh, you know, oh God, I, I had to go to all of these business lunches where I snorted cocaine and drank lots yeah, of booze and I had to eat paella so I didn't throw up. That's the kind of terrible, terrible person that poor me. <laughs> yeah, poor me. Poor me. Poor me, another drink. Yeah. Uh, you just distracted me then because that paella callback was so nice. I love that. Yeah. Like we establish it as a nice thing and then it's retrospectively tainted mm. when like the the dials turn and you see it through the different lens. Yeah. Um, I also loved his analogy of, well, if you'd had a boyfriend who'd beat you up and gone to prison for it, you wouldn't tell me, would you? Like that was a turning point because that was so delusional from him mm. that it gave her the ammunition to say the difference is complicity in the scenario yeah which you are not seeing and not getting and i don't think i'd phrase it as a turning point it was more like laying the foundations like if we have characters who have a conversation about a strip club like i think we both know we're going back there yeah <laughs> we're not just going to leave that in the beige it's kind of fine because strippers are like cows. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to go back and that is going to... There are real-world consequences Yeah. of a hypothetical discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Which is one of the things that's so joyous about getting to have those conversations on stage in character, knowing that, that that's just sowing some kind of seed. Yeah. And later on we'll get to see, like, the, it's, 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 it's establishing, because it's a show about sex and about lies and about relationships, it's establishing their philosophical positions, almost, in the abstract, so that later on when those become incredibly personal. concrete and relevant, yeah, and personal, then we, then we and the audience know what, what's happening. But it's also a, a mechanism for us to talk about those topics and play with those topics and, and create humour for the audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's something I find fascinating about improv that uh, you lay down these seeds mm. and the ones you return to are become fabulous flowers. But there's probably seeds that we didn't return to and yeah. they just get forgotten. They're just part of the part of the colour, part yeah. of the flavour. And yeah. you don't... Um, you don't need new ideas all the time. You just need to return to, to what you've laid down and trust yeah. that it's there. Absolutely. Um, so this show uh, was <laughs> is quite... improvised. Is improvised. <laughs> and so all of those things that we just said about improv apply to this. Um, but one of the things that we're always conscious of creating this show about deception is that we... The audience need to know what's true in order for things to have stakes. And in improv, all we have is the what the performers say. You know, it's founded on this principle of yes and. You say something, it becomes true. It's always been true. And if we undermine that, then it starts to become difficult to trace what's real. And I skirted pretty close in this show to being 
to undermining that yeah. because this was a character who was so in denial who who was so willing to to kind of so 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 consciously kind of pushing himself away from from the life that he'd been living and lying to himself about you know the fact that he had a son um and you know in the in the revelation you know he was mixing the truth about his yeah. his his time in barcelona with these fabrications about his ex-girlfriend about his relationship to this child yeah um that it you know if the show had gone on longer then we would have needed to clear that up to know what was really at stake but because we were at that climactic point it wasn't necessary because what mattered was that you know rachel had had enough yeah rachel was was done with him i find acting lies on stage fascinating because mm. Acting is already a lie, mm. and but it's a lie that the audience have signed up for and are complicit in. Yeah, and then they've signed up for there to be a lie because it's in the title of the show, and we explain it really clearly in the opening. <laughs> we as as it clearly as we possibly could. <laughs> yeah, so there's the lie that we're making it all up, and then we tell them there is here is this other lie, but lies beyond many more than that is not part of the contract. Mm. And that, I think, is, is when you risk losing an audience because mm. they, that's not what they've signed up for. Yeah. Yeah. There's only so many... Like, at, at, the, point, at the point where they're not inside the circle of yes. understanding, you know, you can't, like... <laughs> you can't have dramatic irony on the audience. No, you can't. No, you can't. And there is a whole genre of... Um, art, (laughs) TV, theatre, film, where the way it works is that the audience gets surprised Mm. and we're not doing that. The sort of mystery genres and the heist genres, but part of the promise there is that theoretically you could figure it out. If you'd just been able to put all the pieces together, then then you could have known. Um, Or like magic, you know, magic tricks. You're signing up to know that there's a deception going on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but improv is is not that. No, certainly not this same. show. Certainly not this show. If we we can't play on there being an audience reveal, then it was this all along, because it wasn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're yeah. taking it up as yeah. we go along, so it wasn't this all along. Hmm. And it it can only be an audience reveal if the thing existed to be revealed. Yeah. Um, and so what, what we, we played very close to that line in this show. I played very close to that line in this show. I was the one with a lie. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't always do that. We rarely do that. Um, and I think in this show, it's the, 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 the reason it, it was, we got away with it is because the, the, we all knew from the start he had yeah. another family. It was the, it was explicit. Yeah, yeah. Like no matter what what he said about himself or or tried to believe, we all knew that that was his child. Yeah, because that was a contract we all signed when we started the yeah. show. Yeah. So he got to be so delusional that it was layers of lies mm. upon lies. Yeah. 
And whose side were you on? <laughs> I mean... Well, who among us hasn't drunk a bottle and a half of wine at lunch, snorted coke all afternoon, <laughs> gone to a strip club, started a, an 18-month an relationship, and had a child with somebody? <laughs> I mean, and then abandoned, and then pretended they hadn't. <laughs> yeah. I think we're on her side here. I think we are. Aren't we? But in a... Even just saying that word makes me feel a bit sick because... God damn, she paid for it. Yeah. What a price to pay. Mm. Thanks very much for listening to the show. If you have any secrets or lies that could inspire a future episode, please go to sexualizeimprov.com. Submit them completely anonymously. They'll go into the database and we could pull them out to inspire a future show. Thanks for listening. Bye.